Thank you, Jesus. So uh, I'm going to share something quickly before we, we continue. I'm going to share on the topic, why do vision, dream, and calling die? And how can we revive them? Or how can we make them successful? Why do vision, dreams, and calling die? And how can we make them successful? Do you hear what I'm saying? Remember last Sunday, I spoke about the two nature of Jacob and Israel. Hallelujah. And I touched a bit on uh, uh, the birthing process. Today, I'm going to carry on with that in these teachings. So I want you to listen to what is going to be said right now. Because God has something for you. I'm excited about this. Now, there are many reasons why, reasons why dreams and calling and thing and uh, whatever, visions, all these. There are many reasons why they die. Now, I'm, go- I'm not going to try to explain to you all the reasons, but I'm going to give you some of the guidelines that the Holy Spirit gave me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, you must understand that, that, that visions and callings and dreams can be inspired by God or might not be. Now, the, the problem in the church is that we assume that every vision and calling or dream that we have is from the Lord. We need to understand that, that some of the things might not be from God. Although it's a vision. Although it feels like a calling. Now, in the book of... Uh, of Genesis, Genesis chapter number 11, verse 1 to 9, the Bible says that the people had a vision. Amen? They had a vision. They said they're going to build a tower, the tower of Babel. They said they're going to build that tower and reach to the sky. And that was a powerful vision, isn't it? But why did they want to build the tower? They want to reach to the sky and they want to go to the dwelling place of God. It was a vision. Now the Bible says that God looked from heaven and he said, let's go and see what they are doing. And God says that these people have reached a point that whatever they set their mind upon, they will achieve. What does that tell you? That visions are using the power of a mind. Amen? He said, whatever they set their mind upon, they will achieve. So God says, let's go down and confuse their language because God knew that if you speak the, language, the same language, you can achieve much. And now when I talk about language, I'm not talking about your dialects. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Because you can speak the same dialect but not understand one another. Hallelujah. Now, do you speak the same dialect as your wife? But when you speak in the language, does she understand you? At home, do you speak English? What do you speak? Swana. Do you understand it? Uh, hey. But do you know that although they, both of them speak Swana, there are many times where they don't understand each other. So it's not the dialect. Hallelujah. It's not in the dialect. It's in the intention of your heart. So, so, so when God says that I don't want them to speak the same language, yes, we see it as dialect, but also God is talking about the power that motivates Amen. I don't want them to have the same intention anymore. I don't want them to have the same mindset anymore. So God came and destroyed the tower. Although it was a vision, God destroyed it. 
Can I submit to you that some of your dreams and visions are destroyed by the Lord, not the devil? Why? Because he knows that that thing will kill you. He's such a good father that he will not allow anything that will destroy your destiny to take place, although it seemed good to you. You see, there was a day where my wife and I, we were visiting one of our friends, Jacques, and we were visiting him. I want to greet him. I'm sure he's listening to us or he's going to listen to us. So God bless you, my friend. Now, we were in his house, and suddenly there was a robbery. People came with guns, and they took our stuff. And then there was a shooting around our house because the police came and they tried to catch it, which was a big shooting, and we ran into the house. We were hiding from bullets. And then the next day, we decided to move from the house. Now, you will say it fear. We moved from the house, and we got to another house. And when we moved from that house, a man, a man saw me. He's a man of God. And he said, you did well to move. I said, why? He said, it was God moving you, not fear. Because it was a geographical move. I said, wow. What do you mean? He said, there are times where God had to uproot you from where you are to spare you from something. Now, little did we know, after us, we left. The same people visited the house three times after us. The same thieves. Until, until the owner of the house was killed in his bed by people that didn't like him. Imagine if we haven't moved. So there are some stuff that God is originating the destruction of it. And we think it's the devil. Sometimes we fight thinking the devil is doing something, but God is doing something. Hmm. Hmm. Some of you will not move from your company until, unless it collapses. So sometimes you have a problem of a company because you need to go. You are Jonah. You are holding on. And God says, it's time to move. The wind is blowing. You need to know that there are days where God is behind what we call trouble because the trouble is not just a trouble it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a plan of God to move us into something better so so God destroyed the tower of Babel so sometimes visions are not from God how do we determine if a vision is from God or not you see the first question you must ask yourself is why do I do what I do or why do I want to do what I'm planning to do you know, the answer of that simple question will tell you if it's you or God. You see, everything that you plan to do will meet just your expectation or your interest. But when God moves you to do something, it has a bigger picture. You need to know that. There's a bigger picture in what God wants you to do. Hallelujah. Because God is not just mindful of you, he's mindful of people. We are not just serving a God that cares just for you, he cares about communities. When he called Abraham, he said, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. Look at the, the generational blessing that he gave to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. He repeated to the three of them, he said, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed through you. 
But you know, our visions are little. Me, myself, and my wife, and my children. And when it's like that, I'm not saying that those visions are not at all from God. But I'm saying it's too little for God. Hallelujah. When you set yourself to do something, see nations. And when I talk about nations, I'm not talking about Botswana, Malawi. I'm not talking about that. When I say see nations, I'm talking about a people. Yes. So your, your mindset should be, Lord, whatever I do now, let it be a blessing to many, many people. Why do you want to do what you do? Why do you want to preach the gospel? Do you want to preach the gospel so that the sick can be healed and you feel you are powerful? That's a too little reason for you to preach the gospel. Because sick are also healed at the hospital, so you don't need that. What do we need? Why are you preaching the gospel? Can I give you a bigger reason of preaching the gospel? So that the glory of God can be manifested to this man. Ah. You become a custodian of God's power. And you, you, you unveil God wherever you go. You present and represent God well. So that wherever you go, you are doing it so that God may be lifted. And the name of Jesus may be lifted. So you are not doing it just for the show anymore. You are doing it because you want the world to know that Jesus is Lord for the glory of God our Father. So when you do it that way, with a recognition of people or not, you are secured. But when you are doing it otherwise, you want the recognition of people for you to be secured. But God is calling you for a bigger agenda than what you are in now. Can I submit to you that God wants you, God wants you even to prosper more than what you think you want to prosper? Why? Because your prosperity is not just for your family. You need to feed a village. You need to feed a... You, Unfortunately, some people die without fulfilling this. They go to work every morning, they come home, go to work, and when they cook, they are dead. Then we bury them. And then the grave is laughing. The day you are buried, I want the grave to cry. Because he had nothing to suck from you. Why? Because you have given it all when you were alive. Somebody say you must disappoint the grave. Hallelujah. So set yourself. So when you ask the question, why do I do what I want to do? You will see if it's just you. Hallelujah. Vision may be kingdom focus. Kingdom focus. Kingdom of God focus. Your intention, your intention is to be a vehicle through which God walks this earth. Why do we come and sing in the worship team? Why do we sing in the band? If it's for us to display our beautiful voices, we rather sit down and shut up. Why are we singing? Why are we singing? We are singing so that the glory of God may be revealed. We are singing so that a broken hearted may be healed. We are singing 
so that somebody that is possessed may be freed. We are singing so that God may tabernacle in our midst. The Bible says it dwells in the praises of his people. Why am I doing what I do? And if I don't have a reason, then I must go and look for a reason. Now, the vision might be from God and it might still fail. Do you know why? Because Jesus is not the Lord, he's just an invitee. We invite him. Do you know that you can invite Jesus without him being the Lord? So people say, when I invited Jesus in my life, I say, wow. You invited him. He's talking about surrendering your life. You are inviting him to be a guest. And remember, when you go as a guest in a house, you can't change anything. Yes. If I stay at you as a guest, I can't change your setup. Even if your pictures are skewed, I know some people are very bold, they will go change it. But some people like us, they'll just keep quiet and look at the skewed pictures and say, hey, it's your house, it's not my house. Yeah, some people have that itchiness of changing. <laughs> Peace unto you. Because unless you change what was inside of him that skewed that preacher, you have done nothing. Because when you get out, it will turn again. So instead of trying to change the preacher, change the man. I had a counseling with a, a young man and we picked him from the street and I organized a place for him to stay. And then, a few months later, they called me and said, he has stolen everything there. He has stolen everything. I got there, I was so ashamed. And then one day I was in the town where I met the guy, he comes running to me. I was with one of my friends. And he said, Pastor, I went back home, but my parents rejected me again, so I'm again in the street. We say, aye, but you stole most. We put you somewhere you stole. I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I, I didn't know what I was doing. So my friend says, listen to me. You are running away from something that is inside of you. Unless you, that thing changes, you, no one will accept you because it's not about the people accepting, it's you changing. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? So, vision might be from God, but Jesus is not Lord. Do you know that in the book of John, chapter number two, if you read verse one to nine, today I'm not going to read it, I'm not going to put it a lot on a PowerPoint to save time. John, chapter number two, verse one to nine, the Bible says that, and there was a wedding in Cana, and Jesus was invited to the wedding, and his mother was there. And the Bible says that then the wine was finished. Do you know that when Jesus is invited, your one can finish and he sits there. Now, the church thinks that because Jesus is there, he shall do something. No. What is his position when he's there? He's a guest. So, the one was finished. Do you think Jesus didn't know that the one was finished? If Mary knew, and Mary didn't go to ask them. They could know that the wine is finished. So Jesus knew. And Jesus didn't move. 
Some of you, your wine is finished and Jesus is sitting there waiting. And you are just yapping and crying and just doing, doing it and doing all of this stuff. And say, Why is Jesus not moving? And he's waiting. The mother had discernment. She went to Jesus and said, my, my son, the wine is over. Jesus says, mother, uh, woman, what is that you have to do with me? My hour has not come yet. What is that answer? Do you think Jesus was saying, the time for miracles is not here? Not what many of you think. No. No. No, no, no. If you realize the sentence and how he spoke, it's the same way as we say in the day of the Lord. So what he's saying is that I haven't been made Lord of this meeting yet. So if I haven't been made Lord of this meeting, I cannot interfere and intrude in the affairs of men. I need to get a seat. And the mother understood. So the mother went to them and said, do everything he tells you. She has crowned her son Lord of a meeting. Because, because the Lord, you have, listen, Jesus can be your savior, but not your Lord yet. Yes. There are many people in the church, Jesus is their savior, but not their Lord. Because the Lord, you need to obey him. You don't argue with the, with the Lord. When the Lord says it does not go, it does not go. If the Lord says you don't do this, you don't do it. Some people are questioning, why must I not do it? He's not Lord. He's just a savior and your friend. You are still arguing. So the woman said, do everything he tells you. Jesus said, now my hour has come. I have become king and Lord of this meeting. He said, now, I'm going to show you something. Do you have water around here? Because you are too concerned about one. I want to tell you something. That the Lord is able to take the thing that does not make sense and turn it into something that makes sense. He said, do you have, do you have water here? Because if he said, you have a little wine, they will say, no, he multiplied. He said, this time, I'm not multiplying, I'm changing. Ah. So there are days in your life where God will not multiply, he will change the state of the thing that you have. He, he does not need even to remove it. He will take the same thing that is dead and breathe life into it and suddenly the same thing will start to bear fruit. Ah, I hear somebody hear me too. So it's not necessary that you get rid of necessarily what is dead. Make Jesus the Lord of it. So do everything he tells you. Just say, bring me water. And then, you know, Jesus didn't even speak to the water. He didn't say water, become wine. He said, go, do some water. And pour it, give it to the master. They said there were jars that were there that people used for purification. Now they took the water, pour it in. They drove the water. And I'm sure when they were doing it, it was still water. I'm sure when they were going to the master of ceremony, it was still water. Now imagine the condition in which they were. These people are taking water to the master of ceremony. And they know that if this hit the hands of the master of ceremony, I'm fired. Waiters are gone. I won't have any tips anymore. I'm gone. But, but, but because the Lord spoke, they looked the water, they drew it, and they walked to Jesus. Gave him, they walked to the master of ceremony, gave him the water. The Bible says, when he tasted the water that has become wine. Ay, 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 ay. Can I submit to you now that whatever you are doing now, it seemed to be water? Ah. It seemed like it's not working. Continue. 
Continue. In the days that God has set, the same water that was tasteless will suddenly turn into wine. Now the man says, call the bridegroom and say, why did you keep the best for last? You see, in every wedding, you serve first the best, and when people have enough to drink, then you bring them the bad one, because by that time, they don't have discernment anymore. <laughs> but by the time you serve them the bad, they don't know what is good or bad, because they are drunk. So that was the technique. You, you make them drunk, then even you give them water, it tastes like wine. But, but, but Jesus is not like that. He says the best for last. That's why we are confident to tell you that the best is still to come in your life. The reason why we can tell you, it doesn't matter what you are going through now, the best is yet to come. Why? Because, because everybody thought you have gone through your best days and now things are wrong. Let me submit to you that what is going wrong is just the display of God's glory for the future. So, I, I, you, you know, people want to do, people want to do, let's say, uh, a business. And they invite Jesus in the business, but they never make him Lord. Now, if Jesus is the Lord of a business, you need to get his opinion on where are you going to open it? Who are the people you're going to hire? If it is business, he must determine how much he wants to pay the people. You have made him Lord of your business. Jesus said, I do nothing unless I see the Father doing it. Jesus came to a point where he understood that my life is not my own. I didn't invite God in my life. God is my life. So I can't do anything unless I see my father because I just, I just reproduce what I see being done. Hi. Young people, you see a guy, you like him before you talk to God. You like him and then you invite God at your wedding. And then you want me to stand there and say, what God has joined together, let's no men party. Who told you? Was he there in the beginning? Now, the good thing is that if you are already married, God is merciful. He can turn that water into wine. But if you are not married yet, please spare him the trouble. Of turning water into wine. Better get wine. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I say, I'm getting wine. I'm getting wine. I, I want you to say, I'm getting wine. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when Jesus is Lord of a vision or a dream, he's the one that organized, he's the, he's the masterpiece, he's the one that tells the detail, he's the one that tells you what to do because he is the Lord, the curious of that event. Sometimes when I go to business meeting, I laugh because all of them are lying. I say, my business belongs to God. I say, who told you? <laughs> if your business really belongs to Lord God, God must be the corner, the center of that business. He's the one to decide. Yes, when money comes in, you say, Lord, this is your money. What do you want us to do with? You don't organize and then you tell him. Now you don't say what I'm saying. Wow. So make God the center 
Hallelujah. So I told you vision are aborted because sometimes vision are not from God. They are aborted sometimes because they, they, they are from God, but we don't make him Lord of a vision. Hallelujah. And thirdly, I want to say this, vision are aborted sometimes because we do not understand the need to give birth to a vision on the earth. Amen? We don't understand the need to give vision a birth. You see that everything that transits from the spiritual to the natural must be given birth to. There is a process of birth and pregnancy and birth in the spirit. Because a vision, you must be pregnant of it. And when you are pregnant of it, you must give birth to the vision. And can I submit to you that a pregnancy can go well, but the delivery can be wrong? Yeah, the nurse is answering me. Now, you, you can have a good pregnancy, and yet the delivery is wrong. And then the child dies. Not that there is anything wrong maybe with the child, but the birthing process was not well handled. And you need to understand that this is a principle, that, that the connection between the spiritual world and the natural world is a birthing process. So if you, if you have a vision and don't know how to give birth to the vision, guess what? Your vision will, 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 will seem like you are doing the vision, but you don't have it. Yes. And, and do you understand that, that one of the things of pregnancy is that when you are pregnant, there are some stuff you don't do. I've, got, I've, got, I've gotten to a pharmacy, I see some medication, they say, not for pregnant women. They say, they say it's not good for a pregnant woman to drink. Or to smoke. Not because of her, but because of a child. So, so when you have a vision, you should understand that when you are pregnant of a vision, there are some conditions that need to take place for the vision to be wealth. So people are pregnant of vision and they do like everybody else. Go to nightclub. <laughs> pregnant with a vision. And then they want that vision to be born. You know, that, you know that at the stage even there are some, some, some clothes that you can't wear, like tight jeans, because you will... So, so the body of Christ does not understand that, that when you are pregnant of a vision, you need to separate yourself. Uh -huh. You need to set yourself aside because something is inside of you and you, you need to deliver that thing. A pregnant woman does not expose herself to every kind of condition. Yes. Do, do, do you understand that when you go, especially the women, they understand this better. Men, I don't know if they know what I'm talking about. But, but when you go to the hospital, and uh, one day they were supposed to remove the tooth of my wife, and when we got there, the lady asked, she was in the same church with us. She said, I do not want to intrude in your privacy, but I want to ask, are you pregnant? I said, ah, gossipers. You just got married. You want to use this to see if we are pregnant. We say, why? She said, no, because if she's pregnant, I cannot pull it the way I want to pull it. There are some precautions that I need to take before we can go on, if she's pregnant. Body of Christ, are we pregnant? Are we pregnant? No, answer me. Are we pregnant? If you are pregnant, there are stuff that you shouldn't do. 
Otherwise, you are, you are an enemy to your own child. You are an enemy to your own pregnancy. And don't blame anyone if a child does not stay old. There are some weight even that you can't carry if you are pregnant. Uh, there are weights in the spirit that you are not allowed to bear. You cannot take your own problem on your own shoulders. You need to give them over to God because you are pregnant. <laughs> wow. Are you pregnant? Are we pregnant? I, 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 I trust that we are pregnant. But, but how did we become pregnant? I want to tell you something. Becoming pregnant. We are pregnant with the word that we receive from God. Do you understand that? When you sit in the presence of God, do you know what you are doing? Intimacy with him. And when his word drops into your spirit... You hold the pregnancy. Listen to me carefully. Listen to what I'm saying. Mary was a virgin. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord went to Mary in the book of Luke. Luke, I think, chapter number one. The Bible says the angel went there and he said to Mary, greetings, the Lord is with you. And Mary was troubled. And the angel said to Mary, don't worry, you will be pregnant and you shall have a child. And Mary said, how shall it be? Because I'm a virgin and I don't know a man. And the angel says, no, don't worry. The Holy Ghost will overshadow you and the power of God will come upon you and you'll find yourself with a baby. And Mary says, let it, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be done according to your word. That was the time of the pregnancy. When Mary accepted the word, the word was planted. Can I submit to you that in the book of Luke, the Bible says that the word is a seed. Or the seed is a word. So, so, so every word that you receive from God has the ability to make you pregnant. But you know that some words don't make you pregnant because Matthew 13 tells us that sometimes when the word falls, the enemy comes and takes it. So it's not always seed that are sown in a woman that become a baby. Otherwise, we will have plenty of babies. Actually, actually, with many try, only few succeed. That's why you have like four kids, two kids, because it's not just two times that you've been intimate. So, so, so let me submit to you that, that some of the seed, some of the seed don't succeed because of the condition in which the seed is planted. And, and Jesus come and tell us that, that, that your heart, your heart is the soil. He said when the word is planted, there are things that are fighting against the seed. One of them, he said, it worries. My God, help us. So you can't be pregnant if you are worried. You know, you know there was a woman that wanted to be pregnant. And, and she, was, she was stressed. And she went to see a doctor. And the doctor says, you are too stressed. Relax. And the doctor advised them to take a break. And her husband, they went into a beautiful place. Holy day, the woman was relaxed. She came back pregnant. No, because when you stress, you can't be pregnant. So, so, so God is saying that when your heart is full of stress, you can't be pregnant in the spirit. He says some of them, they receive a word with joy, but the worries and the cares of life choke the word. It means that, that the word is good, but there was the conditions that are not good, meaning the worries and the cares of this life will choke the word. He says some receive a word in shallow ground. 
it goes, but the sun comes, shines on it, and it dies. And he says, Sam, it's by the wayside. And the birds come and snatch it and eat it. I was shocked when he said that. I didn't know that the bird could eat the words. People think the devil is afraid of the word of God. He's not. Can I tell you? He's not. You know what he's afraid of? The word of God in a good heart. He's not, he's not afraid of the word of God. I mean, he even quote the word of God to Jesus. So how can he be afraid of what he quotes? What he's afraid of is a believing heart receiving the words. Because when the believing heart receives the word, it becomes powerful. And Jesus said that will yield fruit. So, so, so that, that how, do you want to be pregnant? You can be pregnant. Listen, you can be pregnant with twins if you want to. You can receive the word of God in your spirit. Hallelujah. And you become pregnant. Now, hmm, hmm. how do we uh, make the vision successful? I say we need to give birth first before even we make it successful. Listen, to the, in the book of First John, First John, First Kings, First Kings, chapter number eighteen. Verse 41 to 44. I want us to read that because it's not long. First Kings chapter number 18. Some of you sitting here, maybe you think, oh Lord, why things are not going well with me? Today I'm giving you a key to go back and to start right. First Kings chapter number 18, verse 41 to 44. Let's read it quickly. First Kings 18, 41. Okay. He said, then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Let's go on. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground, and he put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as, small as a man's hands rising out of a sea. And he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now, you know, Elijah was pregnant. Elijah was pregnant. The Lord has told Elijah that it's going to rain. Because Elijah says it will not rain unless, my word, so unless I give birth, there can be rain. Amen? So Elijah goes to Mount Carmel and he said to Ahab, after he has slain the prophet of Baal, I don't want to go into that another preaching. After he has slain them all, he said to Elijah, Ahab, I hear, oh, how many remember what this beautiful woman preached about? Oh, you must go and listen to that message again. That was one of the most powerful messages I've ever heard from her. Listen, Elijah said, I hear the sound. 
of a reign. Because everything that takes place must first resound in the spirit. Yes. There must be a sound in the spirit. And let me stop, let me digress a bit and just add to what she said. I was reading about human beings and I realized that the cells in your body make sound. Yes. The cell in the body of a human being makes sound. And those sounds display a kind of energy around the person. That's why people talk about he has a negative energy, he has a positive energy. Do you know what they take it from? They take it from the sound that comes from the cell. So what happens is that if you are full of bitterness, the sound that emits from your cells are sound that repels people. When you are full of anger, those sounds are contaminated by your anger. Oh, can I read something to you? Can I read something to you? That is not, this is not, what I'm going to read is not in the Bible. It's just, it's just, it's just research. They said, you have to listen very, very closely, but yes, cells produce a symphony of sounds. They say, although they won't win a granny anytime soon, the various audio blips produced by cells are giving scientific insight into cellular uh, component that could even be used to, to diagnose cancer. So, so, so medicine is saying when you have cancer, your cell will emit a sound. And then they can pick up from the sound that you have cancer. Yes. I was reading, I was fascinated. And that, this is what, what they said again. And that one, when I heard that, I said, this is worship team. They said, they said the, researches, the research at the University of California, Los Angeles, have shown this. They said the cell walls vibrate a thousand times per second. And then they said, these motions are too slight and fast to be caught on video. But when converted into sound, they create what the scientists describe as a high-pitched scream. It is about the same frequency as two octaves above middle C on a piano. So you know what? When you are singing, your body is singing. Do you check what I'm saying? Now, let me come back to the word of God. The reason why God wants us to be full of the word is because the word affects the structure of ourselves. So when we are walking, what comes out of us is the sound of the word of God. In a way that when you are full of the word of God, people can discern that you are full of the word of God. You walk close to people and they say, yo, there's something with you. Do you know what they are discerning? There's a sound of a word coming out of you that emits from yourselves and from your body, from everywhere. And people can know that this is a child of God. That's why we say, read the word. Say, no, I don't understand. Who told you to understand? Just read. (laughs) Just sow it in your spirit. Hallelujah. So Elijah... Let me come back to the story. I say I was digressing a bit. So Elijah said, there is a sound of rain, abundance of rain. And he said to Ahab, just go. Go, 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 eat. Because this assignment is not for you. You just eat all the time. This assignment is not for you. Then he was on top of Mount Carmel. And he realized that I have given the word, I'm already pregnant, but I need to give birth now. If I don't give birth, that word will be stuck in my belly. So Elijah went, and I would say he put his head in between his legs. 
And he started to pray. He started to, to groan in the spirit. He started to, he started to struggle with the word inside of him. And the Bible said he did it and he said, where are we? They said, push again. Push again. Because birthing is a function of contraction. And contraction displays pain. That, that you cannot have contraction in joy. That every contraction that comes is a testimony that there is pain in your womb. Because your muscle will flex and, and, and compress to repel the baby out of the womb. So you know that when you want to give birth, it's not a comfortable place in the spirit. So the reason why you feel like that, you feel the way you are feeling, maybe you are in a birthing process. But you don't understand that why you think God is killing you. And you, start to, you stop to push. And you know when you stop to push, the baby can die. So Elijah was pushing. He prayed first time. They say there is nothing. He said, yes, it's just first contraction. Second time, nothing. F until fifth time, nothing. All of us will say, ah, we I think God is not into this. No, God has not spoken. God, no, I, I don't think God is doing something here. Let me, let me look for something else to do. Maybe this calling God is not in it. Uh, maybe, 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 maybe this, God, this business, no, let me forsake it. He said, push. On the seventh time, he said, look again, he came and said, there is a little cloud. And that cloud, the size is like the palm of the hand of a man. And where does it come from? From the sea. Oh, all this time along, the sea was keeping the cloud. He said, it came out of the sea. There are some stuff that will not allow your birth process to be gone, to be well. You need to fight. You need to push. Elijah was pushing, and then the sea had to release the cloud. I'm telling you, if you know how to push in the spirit, doesn't matter what is holding your destiny, it will have to release it. If you know how to push in the spirit, doesn't matter what is binding your destiny, it will have to release it. The forces of the sea has to bow down to the determination of Elijah. Are you determined for your destiny? I said, are you ready to push? And some of you are, are, are discouraged, but listen, discouragement is not part of giving birth. When you give birth, you need to know that with every contraction, I need to push. So when it's tough, when the go, go, going get tough, that's where you must mm, say to your neighbor, push. You know, you haven't pushed enough. You have pushed a little, but you haven't moved to a place where you understand that this is giving birth to something. Listen, spiritual stuff, spiritual stuff need to come to a place where you need to give birth to them. Otherwise, you will not see them. Say to your neighbor, push. Say to your neighbor, push. Oh, you are not come to a place where you are tired yet. You know, sometime before the baby comes, the woman is sweating so much, but she has to push. Because she knows that if she stop pushing, the baby will die. Listen, your vision is real, but it's the strength. The Bible says, the Bible says there will be a time where, where women will come to give birth, but there is no strength to push anymore in the book of Isaiah. Have you read that scripture? So it means that there will be a time of great discouragement on the world. Ah. 
There will be a time of great discouragement on this world, and this time of discouragement will affect even the Christian in a way that the Christian will not even feel the need to push anymore. But when they stop pushing, that's where the babies are going to die. But I want to tell you something that, that, that gather your strength. I say gather your strength. Gather your strength. Say to your neighbor, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. I'm just getting to... Hey, say, to, say I'm getting into motion right now. Because now I understand that if I don't push, this thing is dead. So you need to... Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You need to push hard. You need to push. You need to come to a place where you push. We are like midwives. We can't push for you, but we can tell you to push. Yes. The midwife cannot press the tummy and say, push, push. No. But, but. <laughs> but, but she's there and she's saying, listen, push. So the midwife can determine the contractions and measure them and say, now you need to push harder because there is a time where, where you need to push harder so that the baby can come out. Now I'm here to tell you, this is the time to push a bit, little harder. Because you are about to stumble into something that you didn't think possible. Listen, you are in line for a miracle. Listen, listen. From, from where I'm speaking and where I am standing, I can tell you, you are just in line for a miracle. Instead of being discouraged, know that God is with you. And God is telling you, push my daughter. Woo. It's time, people. I say it's time. The thing that God said to you, it's time now. Ah, the thing that God spoke upon your life, it's time. Now, the body of Christ has a mistake. They say, if God says it, then it's settled and God will do it. It's a mistake. Yes. As much as I've said it before also, it's a mistake. You know why? Because God can say it and it does not happen. Because those who will listen, don't mix it with faith. Hebrews 4 tells us, he said the word that they heard, does not profit them because they don't mix it with faith. Can I give you another example of God said it? The whole nation of Israel, God said, I'm taking you out to the promised land. Do you know that those that God spoke to didn't see the promised land? Why? Because they fail to submit to the discipline of God. So it's not because God has said it that you will see it. You need to align yourself to the protocol of heaven so that you can download what is in heaven here on earth. Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you need to align yourself this morning. I want you to align yourself to the protocol of heaven. As we see it in heaven, then we do it. He said to Moses, be careful to construct the tabernacle the way I'm showing you. So there was a tabernacle in heaven. The book of Hebrews tells us. And Moses has to look the tabernacle in heaven and reproduce it here on earth. I want to tell you people that God has spoken upon your life. But today you need to position yourself to bring to pass what God has said. Not by works, but by protocol. Okay, let me ask you, to, to, as I'm going toward a, a, a certain place in this message. When a woman is giving birth... Do you tell her, are ah, you working too much? You are in works. You encourage her to. Because that's the very thing that will compel the baby to come out. So there are some stuff that are not works. It's principles. Prayer can never be works. It's a principle. So if God has told something I spoke to you, and don't cook that thing in prayer. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. You are in big trouble. Because when he spoke, not only you hear, many people heard. Ah, there were many ears there that heard what God said. God says that Jesus will be born and he will be the Messiah. Somebody heard. And they took that word to, faith, to, to, to the king, Herod. And Herod said, go and meet him and come and call me so that I can go and worship him. But Herod was talking about the termination of the destiny. The worship he's talking about is a termination of destiny. So it's not everything that sounds like worship that gives life. Some of the worship terminate destiny. And those, and those type of worship are not coming from a heart that is sold out to God. Are coming from heart that are, that are setting themselves to destroy what God has said. I want to tell you people that you need to, in your process of birth, you need to be mindful of the power of association. Yes. Yes, Abraham. Abraham gave, the, the Lord gave him a word. He was pregnant. And in his pregnancy, he took Lot with him. And, and they were journeying together until Lot became very wealthy. And he became wealthy. And Abraham at the say, say, let part. The Bible says, Lot, look on the water lane on the side of the Jordan. And Lot took it from Abraham. Because Abraham didn't fail to understand that whoever I associate with is able to take what is best inside of me. Now, now I'm not saying don't associate with people. But I'm saying associate with people that are ordained by God. Not that you have ordained yourself. So when you come to that place, you are in a process of giving birth. You know, if you go to the hospital and you want to give birth and they bring you somebody that does not know what he's doing, you are in danger. So you need to associate with the right midwives. Do you hear my voice this morning? God wants to give you wisdom. How to bring about his vision. Abraham, Abraham did what was pleasing unto God, but he failed to obey the instruction concerning who he should go with. You know, this Lord guy, this Lord guy, he, he, he went and he sat next to Sodom. If you read the Bible, Lot never stayed in Sodom. He sat next to Sodom. But when the angel came to destroy Sodom, they found Lot in Sodom. Another lesson, when you are giving birth, don't stay near things that are not from God. Because along the process, you will find yourself inside there. Don't, don't look at stuff. Don't read, don't say, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. Now the last thing, and I'm finished to make your vision to pass, is obedience. Somebody say obedience. obedience. Say obedience. 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 Okay. So the Bible says that Abraham in, in chapter number 22 of the book of Genesis, Abraham had a son, the only son, is called, his name was Isaac. Somebody say Isaac. Isaac. Abraham said, God said to Abraham, take your son, your only son, Isaac, and offer it to me. He said, I will show you where you must do the sacrifice. Abraham did not know where it was. But because he heard the voice of God, he packed up everything and he said, let's go. They were walking until they came to the area of Moriah. He said, in Moriah, I will show you a mountain. 
They got there and Abraham looked and saw the mountain. And when they saw the mountain, he said to his servant, you stay here with you and the donkey. Ah. I said, ah. There are some places where donkey can't go. Ah, yeah. Yeah. There are places where donkey can't go. When I saw Jesus climbing on the donkey, my first message, I said, I'm the donkey of the Lord. And then last time he told me, uh, donkey can't go to places. I said, ah? He said, when I took that donkey to the temple, he didn't get into the temple. I left him at the gate of the temple. So donkey can do as far as the gate of the blessing, but you leave them there. Uh, Abraham said, let the donkey say yeah. He has carried us so far, but no more. There are stuff in your life you need to detach yourself from them because they are from the past. If you want to give birth, you need to dissociate yourself from your own habit, from things. Maybe it helped you at a time, but now it can't help you anymore. That a donkey, let it stay at the foot of a mountain. And the Bible says that, it says even to a servant, stay at the foot of a mountain. You know what? When you want to give birth, it, it's not, you might not be able to go with people that try to help you. You go with yourself. So, so Abraham took Isaac and they climbed and Isaac said, Father, this is a fire, this is a wood. Where is the lamb? And Abraham knew that Isaac was a lamb. But God has given Isaac as a promised child. And I preach that all the time. Remember, God will test you with what he has given you. God will not give you something that he won't test you with. He will always ask you, can you lay down what I have given you? Even if it's a dream or a vision, can you lay down the dream and the vision that I've given you? And if your answer is no, it means you are not ready for the mountain. He said, let's climb the mountain. They got there. He put the wood and he said to, I don't know what he told Isaac. But Isaac was much stronger than Abraham by that time. And Isaac submitted. And he put Isaac on the altar and he wanted to step the child. And the Lord said, call him from, from the heaven and say, I've seen now that you obey me and you will do everything I tell you. I want us to come to that point in our lives. Where God say, I have seen your obedience and everything I ask you, you will do without asking me questions. Are you at the place where you will climb your mountain this morning? Are you climbing your mountain? Are you climbing with your Isaac? Not your Jacob, your Isaac. Are you climbing with your Isaac this morning? And say to the Lord, I'm ready. Lord, I am ready. I am ready. The thing that I'm dreaming for, even if it does not happen, I will not deny you. What I'm trusting you for, if I don't get it, I will still praise you. Like the friend of Daniel they said, you can throw us into the fire, but even if the Lord does not rescue us, we will always worship the Lord. If God does not give you a prosperity he wants to give you, are you going still to worship you? If God does not give you the wife or the husband you are trusting, are you still going to worship him? If he does not give you the child, are you still going to worship him? If he does not give you a promotion, are you still going to worship the Lord? If God does not do what he said he will do for us, how many people will still come in the house? If God is not doing what he said he will do, how many people will still bow their knees before the Father of heaven and say, I love you, I praise you, and I worship you? How many people are serving God just for the table and not for the mountain? We need to give birth today. I said we need to give birth today. I want the worship team to go. We're going to give birth in this house. Hallelujah. We're going to push a bit. We're going to push for five minutes. And then we give birth. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that you are not here by accident today. 
Listen, you are not here by accident. I say you are not here by accident. You are not here by accident. The Lord has brought you here to catapult you to another level of glory and grace. This is an open door for you to go to another level of glory and grace. And you need to push.